0: Um, so we're in the third Sunday of Advent, uh, the theme or theme, the focus is joy, and uh, we, we were touching on it today, and there's something I think we, what we miss in the whole gospel message is the truth of it. And I've, even for myself, I have to remind myself, I have to stop, back up, and go, okay, so what exactly happened again? And what it was, was that the whole thing of joy is that there was a Savior that has been born to us in the midst of our chaotic world. And I'm not sure if you catch it or not, but God came to rescue us. And we say the word God so easily (laughs) that we don't get it sometimes. We just don't. We miss it. We miss it. Total lock, stock, and barrel. Because it has to be the absolute greatest news that's ever cascaded into our world. Ever. Like, it has to be. If it's not, then let's back up and go home. Right? Because what are we doing here? Luke records. And I so appreciate Luke. Because Luke is a very... Um, he would have been... A good lawyer in the sense, not for arguing, but in the sense of having everything detailed and just setting that this, I'm, I'm giving you a historical perspective of what occurred here. And he was writing this gospel was to a Theophilus, but I so appreciate Luke. And Luke captures what went on in the wee hours when Jesus was being born, when the angels came and said, I am. To the shepherds, I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today. The angels were ecstatic. And if they're ecstatic, you know it's good. You know it's good news. God, our rescuer, has arrived and that is the primary reason we should gather. There's other reasons we gather, but that should be our primary reason. That's the only reason. You can't even call yourself Christian if that's not true. <laughs> because, well, because Christian means a follower of Jesus. We follow God, the incarnation, God in the flesh. And that's absolutely amazing. And somehow we mess it up. <laughs> and I don't mean just us. I don't mean us. Like, I mean the church, all down through history, including us. We mess it up. Because you've all heard that saying, you can't see the forest or the trees, which means you're so fixated on the, on the you know, the, the, the wax that is dripping down here. You don't see the beauty of this, right? So fixated on, you know, do we have the right beliefs? And you don't, we do. And making sure we got everything right, that you forget. You remember what this is all about? <laughs> that a savior has come. That's the forest. But we, and, and it's just, it's human nature. We can zero right in, and, and we forget the, what the big picture is all about. That a savior has come. And don't think that the early church had it figured out and wasn't prone to this. They were. Just about every church slipped. There's something about human beings, whether you're followers or not, that we, we miss the primary event that takes place. We miss things. And it was the same thing in the city of Rome. Paul wrote a letter to the Christians in Rome... And they lost sight of the good news because they ended up scrapping with each other, going toe-to-toe in their arguments. And you see, the whole problem with the early church was, we think, the early, like we think of the church as being birthed from the Jewish faith, right? Or coming out of the Jewish faith, right? Right? Well, it was bigger than that, right? Because we sang it today that God brought both the Jewish people and the Gentile people, non-Jews, together as one people became his people and Jesus holds that together. But it was really hard for Jews. And in Rome, there was Jewish Christians and Gentile Christians. And the Gentile Christians were sort of like, pass the bacon, please. And the Jewish Christians were like, pardon. You can't eat bacon, and that's not specifically, but they're arguing over food. What food you could eat, what food is okay to eat, what food is not okay to eat. And some of them go, well, why can't we have bacon? They're Gentiles, right? Well, and we just don't. And there was this argument going on, and fighting going on. It was the same with which day is holy. Well, obviously, Saturday is the holy day. We've, that's always been for centuries. Gentiles would go, well, why not Sunday? Isn't that when Jesus was resurrected? Sunday should be. And then other people were going, well, wouldn't every day be a holy day? Like, wouldn't every day be special? It's all created by God. And there was these battles going on. And they forgot the whole good news message. that a Savior has come. God has come in the flesh and rescued us. And there was this thing going on. And Paul had to address this because they became nasty. They, like, and some of, like some of the other churches, they, they biting each other and devouring each other over these things. It was insane. But again, they were focusing on trees and missed the story of the forest that a Savior has come to us. And Paul calls them back to the core of the good news, which is love. And in Romans, see, Romans 13, Paul reminds them of the royal law, love your neighbor as yourself, because he says you do that, you'll you'll fulfill all the the 10 commandments, no problem. Love your neighbor as yourself. Romans 14, he hits the nail on the head with, I'm gonna address your problem here, fighting over what you can eat, what you can't eat, what day is worship, what day is holy, what day is not. And in Romans 14, he says, he says, you know, you're going after each other. And he says these words to them, don't tear apart the work of God over. For them, it was meat and holy days. For us, you pick. Which do you think is the thing we fight over? Well, when I was, you know, a teenager and growing up and in my 20s and 30s, worship wars were going on amongst churches. We need the hymns. They're full of meat. No, we want choruses. <laughs> right. And there was this battle. Choruses. No hymns. Choruses. Hymns. Okay, you can have choruses, but no drums. No drums in the church. Can't have drums. Can't have drums? No. Why? <laughs> we have electric organs. <laughs> right? <laughs> Don't tear apart the work of God over fill in the blank. That's what Paul was saying. He calls them back. And what he's calling them to is this whole thing of harmony. That I prefer you over myself. That'll give consideration to you over me. Why? Because that's what love does. That's what the gospel message is all about. That's when, when God sent his son into the world, it was God preferring me, you, us, all the world over God's self. That's what it was. That's what was going on. In our reading today, it was from Romans 15, and what we read was all part of this thing that Paul was dealing with, with this devouring each other and this fighting over what do you eat, what day is holier than the other day, and all that stuff. And Paul brings his admonishing, his, you could call it scolding, he's bringing a conclusion here in the 15th chapter, and what he says to them is this, therefore, accept each other just as Christ has accepted you so that God will be given glory. Why? Because it's unity. That's what Paul's going after here. Like accept one another. Because you've been accepted. You, don't, you think God accepted you because you're all nice spiffy and you're good looking and you're smart and you're all that and you're sparkly clean? No. No. <laughs> right? That's, Paul's reminding them that. Again, it was this whole thing of the Jew and the Gentile being brought together. And then Paul closes with his desire, his heart's desire for them, which is really his, it's his prayer for them. And he says these words here, I pray that God, the source of hope, will fill you completely with joy and peace because you trust in him. Then you will overflow with confident hope through the power of the Holy Spirit. I want to focus on that first sentence, which is, I pray that God, the source of hope, will fill you completely with joy and peace because you trust in him. Because that sentence says it all. I admire Paul because Paul, and a lot of the writers in in the scriptures, by the way, are very... Skilled in their craft of writing and choosing their words and being very specific at what they have to say. And Paul is one of those writers. And of course, today we focus on the whole thing of joy. Um, as you know, I grew up in the church. I uh, went to Sunday school when April and I were up in Ignace, freshly married. We were attending Ignace Baptist Church and we got into teaching little kids and then Sunday school superintendents. Then when we went down to Brighton. We attended a church in the little town of Colburn. And uh, we picked up the Sunday school superintendent there. One of the things of teaching kids is their songs are way better, right, than what we sing. Well, not really. They're, they're just more fun. Right? They're just more fun. And if you notice the title of today's teaching, if you read that, that yeah, might re- remind you of that song. But it was, I've Got the Joy, 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 Joy Down in My Heart. And it was a, uh, I know some of you are smiling. And that was one of the songs we taught the kids. And it was a fun song. It was a fun song. I, I, I could sort of hum, but everybody's. Uh, <laughs> What's that? What are you going to say? Yeah, yeah. So I yeah, I went I got the joy, 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 joy down in my heart. Where? Down in my heart. Where? Down in my heart. I got the joy, 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 joy down in my heart. Down in my heart to stay. We we used to sing, I was so happy, so very happy. I got the love of Jesus in my heart and I'm so happy, so very happy. I got the love of Jesus in my heart. And then there was peace of passes understanding, and then, um, but then, the best one I liked, I was thinking about it yesterday, and I was thinking, huh, what exactly were we teaching the kids with that? And, this, and the last verse went, and if the devil doesn't like it he can sit on attack. Ouch, sit on attack. Ouch, sit on attack and if the devil doesn't like it he can sit on attack. Sit on attack to stay. And I'm so happy. <laughs> right. It was <laughs> probably probably. And I was thinking yesterday I think we were teaching the kids to go tell the devil to shove it. I think, if I can't have joy, I, th- I think, I think, and it was like, wow. but the, it was just so much fun. But the, the interesting thing about that song, though, it's more accurate than you think, because not only does it say where joy comes from, but where it resides in us, and, and the thing is, we don't want to confuse joy with happy and glad. And really bri- briefly, happy is more about circumstances, right? Had a good coffee this morning, made me happy, right? You know, based on how things go in our day, right? If you leave here and you get in a car accident, unhappy, right? If you're expecting a ticket from the cop and he doesn't give you one, happy, right? Right? And it's all base. it fluctuates. It's this, that's not joy, that's happy. Glad is what they say. Glad is closer to joy, but glad is something we do for another, we bring gladness to that person. We make them glad by doing something. When someone does an act of kindness to me, it makes me glad. It, it, but it says it's very close. And these things, like they, they blend in and mix all in. Um, but joy is different. So what makes joy different? What makes joy different? You can receive it, yes. But have you ever, have you ever experienced joy? Okay, what was it? Ah, answer. Right at the back. Joy. Right? You see people, parents when they have when they give birth to their child, and this, I, I don't know about for others, but for I know for for us, for me anyway, when our first child was born, it was to me it was like oh, it's a mini human. <laughs> right? 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 It was just so wild and there's something inside that just Bubbles up, right? Or when you see a baby smile, right? Something you see, you watch people, they all, right? Or if you hear a baby giggle, everybody just, oh, they love that, right? Babies do, you know, I find also joy will sometimes come if I'm out in nature and there's something that strikes me and I just feel this something come up within, right? There's just something there. Or for me as well, um, if I hear on the radio, a piece of exquisite classical music because I appreciate, like I just have a penchant for that. But if I hear something that is just like, wow, I'll actually pull the car over so I can just soak it in. Then I want to find out what was that piece that I just heard. And there's just something in here. There's something that comes into us and just is there. That is what joy is. It's something that is within. It just hits us. Now, you may ask, you can ask people, where does that come from? Some would argue it's in your brain. There's a place in your brain that triggers, it gives you what a joy thing. You know, it's just a matter of fact. It's nothing supernatural about it. It's just something we have in our brain, right? There's some place in our brain that is a joy spot or whatever it is they call it. And uh, I'm fine with that, but then I want to know why. Why do we have that? Like, did it, how did that get there? How did that spot get there in my brain? It's, you know, and well, some, some would say, well, it, it, it evolved that way. Why? How, how did that happen? It's not like a fight or flight thing. Is it? Like, I don't need it for survival, do I? Or do I? I don't know. That's the whole thing. That's the whole thing about joy. It is like love. It's a mystery. We get it when we experience it, but to describe it, it's really, really difficult. Question I have to ask with everything like this is, does Jesus, or is there anywhere in scripture that has anything to say about this? And actually, Jesus does. John records this in his gospel, and John, he records where the disciples have gathered with Jesus for the Passover meal. It's just hours before Jesus is going to be arrested, and then tried, and then condemned and executed. And Jesus is trying to bring comfort and reassurance to his disciples, giving him some of the core things that don't forget when I'm gone. That I am, I'm going to send you the Holy Spirit. I'm going to be there. I'll be with you in, in the Spirit. And then in, when, in chapter 15, Jesus is saying to them, he says, remember, guys, I, I am the vine, you are the branches. Stay with me, stay close to me. And then Jesus says these words to them. He says, I have told you these things so that you will be filled with my joy. Yes, your joy will overflow. So that's, that's a hint right there, that Jesus says, I have joy in me. And you have to ask the question, What's, what is that, Jesus? What is that joy that you have? And for Jesus, when you read about it, it's that I have this tight relationship with my Father, Tight relationship. I, I've, that the, the Trinity, the Godhead, is carrying out its plan for humanity because we love humanity so much. And it's his joy that he's pleasing the Father with what he's doing and he's going about doing the Father's business. That whole thing is, and it's very similar to what Paul said in Romans I pray that God, the source of hope, Will fill you completely with joy and peace because you trust in Him. Then you'll overflow with confident hope through the power of the Holy Spirit. Where does joy come from? You mentioned it, John. It comes from God. Joy is one of those things that flows, that is in all creation. That there's joy actually in creation. It's why the creation. When we look up in the cosmos or see those pictures from Hubble or James Webb telescope, we see those pictures and there's ah, it's, oh, it's like, wow, what is that? There's something in creation that just resonates with joy towards what God has done to, to all of creation. It's um. It's hard to describe, and that's, that's the beauty of it, because it's mystery. We shouldn't be able to explain everything. We're finite. We're limited. God is unlimited. God is spectacular, actually. Nothing of love, God's love, God's joy. Those are fruits or evidence of the Holy Spirit. That's God, those fruits of the Spirit. And Paul, he wrote, I don't know if that's an exhaustive list, what Paul wrote in Galatians, but Paul lists what the gifts, the fruit of the Spirit are. Right? There's love, joy, peace, kindness, patience, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. That's God. That is God. That's who God is. That's what oozes from God. That's how this this universe was created from that. That's the God we serve. That's who we worship. And that God is wonderful. Absolutely wonderful. We should be blown away by it. And in that, what is there not to trust about that God? We talk about trusting people. Who do we trust? Who don't we trust? And all this stuff. You look at that, this God, who is the God of those fruits that I described. How could you not trust that? How could you not trust that? The coming of the Messiah is such good news. That's the message we are told to give, to bring. That, hey, I know our world looks really scary, but we have, there's hope. God has come in the form of Jesus. That's good news. I marvel at the fact that when the angels came to give the news to the shepherds, there was nothing bad about it. They didn't scold the shepherds that if you don't believe this, they didn't come to, and they didn't come to announce that we have a set of rules for you to follow if you want to get to heaven, right? And I'm not saying that the commandments, what Jesus has taught us, isn't important. That's not it at all. The good news is that God seen our plight and came in the flesh to rescue us and show us the way how to live. And he's given us the power to do it. And there is true hope in the world in spite of everything. The Messiah has come, given to us. Why? Jesus told us why. Why did he send the Savior? There's so many answers, it's complex, right? But there is one key, and John captures it in his gospel in John 3. Right. For God so loved the world. For God so loved the world. And news can't get any better than that. That the God of this universe loves this world. Sees the mess we're in, sees that we can't figure it out. And he has come, God has come to show us the way. And that is the essence joy. Joy is the anchored in the fact that there is a God who loves us and who has sent his son to us, shown us the way, and there is solid hope. It's what Paul prays. Then you will overflow with confident hope through the power of the Holy Spirit. You'll have the hope won't vacillate all over the place based on outward circumstances. Because joy isn't based on that, guys. Joy isn't based on that. You don't have joy just because everything in your life is going the way you want it, tickety-boo. Life doesn't happen, that doesn't happen to anybody. Not to anyone. It doesn't matter who it is. You know, I was saying to, I was saying to April this week, you know, just reading different things in the news about I read about uh, the disease Celine Dion has. Um, she's dealing with. We were reading about some other things that people are dealing with, right? And it's like, you know what? Sickness doesn't like give a rip. How much money you have, how famous you are, how powerful you are, anything like that. Right? It just comes. Joy is always found. We we anchor that from God and the good news that God is here, is coming. And we, you know, Advent is about waiting for the birth of Christ. We have a second Advent waiting for Jesus to return to create the new heaven and new earth because it's, we've got it so messed up, man. So messed up. So messed. Jesus said to his followers, as the Father has sent me, So I am sending you. Jesus came. He said to his disciples, I'm giving you my joy. And we are called to go out and be joy. Not so much in our words, but in our actions, what we do for the other. How we are, do we bring joy? We have it. We have the good news. We have it. Does our world need it? Absolutely our world needs it. Absolutely, you want to see joy. You know, I found when we were when we were singing. I was, I was talking with uh, Jean today, and we were, she was just saying how it's basically she talks to to God right every day. Talks to God, and God speaks to her. And I said, "Yeah, it's so easy. You know, it's so easy. God, God, it's easier than we think it is. We make it so difficult, and it's not that difficult. It really isn't." And I'm, we're singing today, and and this thought comes to me that. There's a passage that speaks specifically to what you're talking about, Scott. I'm going to give it to you. And, and where it's from is Habakkuk, little prophet in the Old Testament. And in Habakkuk, at, at, in chapter 3, it's the prayer of Habakkuk, and he talks about in that prayer that he sings, actually, he sings the prayer, which is interesting. And he talks about how God is coming to redeem. And and God not only is coming to redeem and rescue and save, but God is going to deal with the injustices in this world. That God cares about the people who are oppressed, who are pushed to the sides, the marginalized. And then Habakkuk says these words, and this, this, this is what joy is all about. I just got that standing over there. Even though the fig trees have no blossoms and there are no grapes on the vines, even though the olive crop fails and the fields lie empty and barren, even though the flocks die in the fields and the cattle barns are empty, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will be joyful in the God of my salvation, the God who rescues. The sovereign Lord is my strength. He makes me as sure-footed as a deer, able to tread upon the heights. That is joy. That is what joy looks like. That even though, fill in the blank, I will rejoice in the Lord. I will be joyful in the God of my salvation. Guys, Christmas, what we celebrate, isn't just the that a baby was born. It's the most cataclysmic event that took place in our world. It's the hope of the world. Jesus has come. The Savior has been born. Messiah has come. The Lord. And he is with us. And that's beautiful. And that's the best news we can have. Let me just close off and let's make this, this our prayer. Father God, we come before you right now and we pray what Paul wrote to the Romans. And Lord, you could have written it to us. But that you, God, would be our source of hope. That you will fill us completely with joy and peace. Because we trust in you, God. Lord, let us overflow with confident hope through the power of the Holy Spirit. That you are the God, Lord, who secures our feet. That Lord, let us be able to say with Habakkuk, Lord, that even though even though everything crumbles around us, even though the stock market crashes, even though inflation continues into twenty-three. And Lord, we can fill in the blanks for our individual selves, Lord. But even though any of these things happen, yet we will rejoice in you, the God of our salvation. We will be joyful. And we thank you that, God, you are the source of all joy. Holy Spirit, come right now. Just come. Just open your hearts up just to receive the joy. Let the joy flow into you right now. Gosh, we've got to be the most joyful people on the planet. We have to be. God, let it be. Let it be so. In your name we pray. Amen.